Welcome to Day Beautiful. I'm Adam Vitkavich, and this is a podcast where readers can discover debut authors. If you like what you hear here, check out daybeautiful.net for more author interviews and book recommendations. You can also follow us on social media at Day Beautiful on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Today's guest was born in Nigeria in 1993 and has a degree in creative writing from the University of East Anglia, where he received the Booker Prize Foundation Scholarship. He currently lives in Norwich, United Kingdom, and his debut novel, The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Andy Africa, is out now. Please welcome Stephen Burrow. Hey, Stephen. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing excellently. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I, um... I read your book a while ago and really loved it. And it's getting a lot of pre-press buzz. Um, how are you feeling about everything leading up to your book's publication? Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm just so busy, like dealing with so many things now, right? So I'm not even so focused on the on the buzz, but it's it's really wonderful, and it's uh, yeah, just great to know that all oh, this uh, book is now complete, and and readers can finally get a chance to read it, and it just yeah, a privilege to yeah to have it to um to get in this stage of my career. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um the five sorrowful mysteries of Andy Africa is the title of your book. Um I always like to ask like what is the book about? Um from your perspective. I, I always like to hear what the writers say as opposed to what the media is saying or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's always so difficult, right? Like I've been trying to describe a three hundred uh-huh. plus page uh, book, I mean, in a few words, but I think, I mean, a few sentences, I think the book um, uh, is a common effect story yeah, set in mm-hmm. present-day Nigeria. So it's about this smart and funny 15-year-old Nigerian boy called Andy, who is obsessed with blondes, um, whiteness, the West, and he feels uh, huge shame about his uneducated mother, um, who is a photographer. Um, um and um so um so he meets and falls in love with this blonde British girl, Eileen. Yeah. And I at the party organized to celebrate her arrival. So I mean there's so much conflict that happen, right? On the one hand, uh, he he meets uh, a man, a stranger who claims to be his father, and uh, because he doesn't know who his true father is. And on the other hand, uh, a an anti-Christian mob. Um, attacks the church and and this bring about a series of conflicts and disasters that Andy must confront. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know that it's been compared a lot to to uh, like we need new names and other other titles like that. Um, I, I, and it, I just Andy's story just blew me away. I, I it was so funny. Like I think you really just nailed like the humor of growing up as wild as it can be it was just all of our lives are just crazy and andy's yeah. is the same yeah thank you like i mean it's uh just a huge surprise for me actually i'm writing the book to learn that oh it's actually a funny book right because <laughs> i mean what i tell it then um i mean i took it a number of times all writing of course surely writing the best best part of the book yeah but it was when i sent um, a few chapters to my agent and she told me that oh that the book is satirical funny subversive i was like Really? Are we talking about the same book? I know, and it's uh, yeah, but I realized that I mean the humor, I know it's just all about um um it's just this modality for examining these very difficult, complicated topics, yeah, you know, like in a very engaging, um palatable uh, way, you know. 
Yeah. And you yourself were born in Nigeria. Were you like a writer? Was was writing a part of your family, reading a part of your family growing up? Yeah, no, no, not at all, at all, not at all. Um, it's a bit sad, but yeah, whatever. Um, um, like my parents weren't um, that very educated, right? Uh, I mean, just had basic education, you know, and uh, and in my house, we really had um, just a few books. I mean, a Bible, of course, different kinds of Bibles, yeah, and some religious texts around, but there were no novels or, or things like that, you know. Um, so it was... Uh, um, I mean, of course, growing up, my parents told us, told us my, my my siblings and I, like stories, so much stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many things about my family history and all that. Um, so I mean, there's this huge storytelling, like culture, like uh, where I grew up, and not just within, within my family, but even in my extended family, um, in my neighborhood and all that, wherever. So um, it was when I finally um, um, began attending a missionary school, a school funded by Irish missionaries in. Kotangurai, United States in Nigeria. That was where I I first encountered literary books and literary texts. And it was strange. I mean, opening a book where like where a different world was mm-hmm. being described and different characters and different emotions, ways of ways of being and all that. Um yeah, so that was where I finally I, I began reading. I actually began reading much, much later. I mean, comparison to yes, children in this part of the world, right? So I mean, I wasn't read stories. But best time stories and all that. But um um so much later in my life, um yeah, so I, I read books and it was also one of my brain just came alive mm-hmm. I mean my father my father, I mean, worked as a photographer. So like so I mean there was this stuff about image images, imagery like in a family or something. But um so but my brain just sparked alive in many ways. I, I could just see myself touching the fictional walls, the objects, smelling things and there was just this new way of being that that was stimulated in me while reading. I think that, that was uh, where perhaps the the urge to write came from, and also I think the urge to write also came from uh, from of course my church. I grew up in a very religious family, and and they would go to church not just on Sundays but for <laughs> many days of the week. Um, and I mean the prayers in, in church, the prayers, I mean the hymns, the psalms, and all that just. I mean, we're so powerful because I always there. I used to wonder, like, who wrote Akim? Who wrote these things? Or where did they come from? And how 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 did they come about? And why are they so wonderfully written? Or or why are they so powerful? Or why, what is something so beautiful about them? I mean, the beauty of of these words or these prayers or these hymns. I know. Um, yeah. So I think that was really the urge came, and then and then until one day when I was, uh, I think in in the summer of 2005, right, when I, I was at around 11 or so, and I was just sitting outside my house. That was a few months after my father had died. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting outside my house, just so hot. I mean, so hot in Nigeria then. Um, and then after completing my assignments, right, so I I had my pencil beside me, piece of paper, and then I just found myself writing something, right, like just writing. And it was crazy. I just felt so empowered, and I felt I had so much agency. For example, I could create a tree with eyes and with hair, you know, and that tree would exist at least in my world, in the fictional mm-hmm. world I had created. Um, yeah, and that was so empowering. I think from, from there, that, that is where I, I began writing. I mean, I remember showing my first story to a friend. So if I'm not getting to going to <laughs> get into, into, into so much stories, but whatever, mm-hmm. I'm a storyteller. So I'm um, showing the story to a friend 
who couldn't believe that I had won, I was the one who had written the, the story. He felt that, oh, like I couldn't just have written something like that. And uh, it was a story about a war in the animal kingdom and all that. So whatever, that was where I began writing. And that was like my, yeah, that was just the, 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 I mean, the, the beginning, I think, for me. Yeah, wow, that's so amazing to hear. Um, so when you started writing to like get your stories out and create these worlds, did you know that like you could become someone who had a book and like that this is what you did? Like when did you start realizing I could do this and write a book like and publish and be who you are now? Yeah, for me, um, growing up, I, I mean... I mean, I'm writing a book and getting published is a wonderful thing, but I mean, this was not just the what, uh, I mean, it was not like a huge dream. Oh, like I want to write a book. I mean, of course, I wanted to write a book, of course, sure. in that sense, but in terms of like a product, a book, and then. I mean, like, what's, what was in my mind at the time? I just wanted to just write. I mean, that was what, what uh, I mean, I'll, I'll come to my matters anyway later on, but, um, but it, as I said, it was so therapeutic for me. It was, it gave me, it empowered me in so many ways. Um, so I think it was just something I just had to do, whatever. I mean, some writers claim, oh, I mean, you can decide not to write, right? But for me, just, it, I had no option. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I was so frustrated growing up. But, I mean, I hadn't had many opportunities and, and that was just my only, uh, my only outlet to, to examine myself, my community, to I mean to to feel some power, I would say. Yeah. But um, but I mean much later on, of course, I I mean they read about writers, like many writers like uh, from Nigeria, for example, like Tula Mada in Kosi Adichie and and of course and they all and they oh maybe maybe okay, maybe you want to be someone like her, you want to I mean write a book that people will read and all, but but well, the main motivation is just to write and to to write very well because language, uh written stories, written experiences. Hugely, hugely excites me. I can get very, very emotional about that. But I'm, but, but some, but I might not be maybe emotional in kids by some other things. But 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 the, but the little what really fascinates me, and it's a huge obsession for me. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you get your master's in East Anglia. How do you end up there? How, what what? How do you? Yeah, like what, what's that story about getting to the university? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll try not to go into a long story here. I mean, I mean, it's a very long story, but. I'll, um, so in, I mean, I got my master's degree in Nigeria in 2017, I think, yeah, the 2017, and and then afterwards I was want to know what the hell would I do with my life, and uh, and of course I, I mean, I wanted to improve, develop my writing. I wanted to, I mean, I wanted to learn. I wanted to. I was so passionate about it. Um, so of course I was thinking about, I mean, American MFA programs and all. But again, in America, you have to like to get there. You have to, I mean. Sit for I mean take SAT, SAT uh, sorry take um, GREs mm-hmm. uh, um, TOEFL I mean all this kind of story things I mean you have to pay so much money it's just so much hope so much yeah so much uh, hurdles whatever to get to, to get to that and whatever around that around that time I think in early 2018 so so I just saw on the one scholarship website like um, so they were like advertising like the Booker Prize Foundation scholarship right mm-hmm. so I was okay yeah so I mean. Okay, let me just let me just apply and see, and uh, and especially the UK education is a bit, it's like it's easier for like Nigerians in mm-hmm. that sense, but yeah, to apply come over to the UK to study, uh, in comparison to going to America to study. So I yeah, so I just I I 
applied and just just applied and forgot about it anyway. And then whatever until I mean many things, many miracles, whatever things happened. Like me, just many things happened. And then I got the offer, and then I, I was able to come to you to study. And it was a wonderful experience. I mean, before then, I hadn't like met like uh, established writers who were like doing it right. I mean, I didn't grow up in a, like in a big city in Nigeria where the military events happen. And uh, so, um, yeah, so I so I came over. I mean, I met all these writers, and just just wonderful. And just also, I mean, very tough too, you know. And uh, but it does, it's just a great opportunity for me to, I mean, have I mean, my writing, my writing be looked at by just many people, my peers, lecturers, mm -hmm. and to just get feedback on, yeah, on writing and to discover things that I wasn't doing very well and uh, and also the things that I was also doing well to also like uh, build on them too. Yeah. Did you start writing Andy Africa when you were still in Nigeria or when you moved to the UK? Yeah, I. I began writing the book uh, in Nigeria. Um, mm. It just began one day after the book. I think that was the the bonfire day, right? The bonfire day for me, um, or the bonfire night, whatever evening. Um, one evening, in June twenty eighteen. So I was in Nigeria in my living room in Nigeria. Um, so then I just wanted to write. Just wanted to write because I, I mean, I've been writing before anyway. But I mean, I would begin a novel, I'll write fifty pages, hundred pages, or so, and then I would lose interest, or I wouldn't know how to develop the story further and then I would just put that aside and I'm beginning a rap project again. So whatever I was just in that gestation stage, one that very, very creative state, you know, and uh, whatever. So one evening that evening, I mean I was just in my living room and this powerful voice just comes to me and the voice full of so much passion, shame, anger, angst. Um a voice I just wanted to be heard and wanted to be I wanted to confess I wanted wanted to be wanted attention, demanded my attention and and then I just picked up, I had a Blackberry phone at the time that I used for writing. So I just picked up my Blackberry phone and I began scribbling. And, uh, and when I read back what I wrote, I discovered that uh, that piece was like the most powerful piece of writing I had written up to that stage in my life. And and that piece of writing is still the opening uh, passages of uh, the opening section of my novel. Yeah. Um, so that was when it actually began. But I mean, some of the things, some of the um, frameworks, the ideas, I mean, plot point, whatever, like some things I had been working on like before, actually. Um, mm. Like, for example, like in the novel, you come across like HSVX, you know, and uh, that was like, like a kind of theory, uh, whatever idea I developed for actually sci-fi projects I, I was working on like a year before, anyway. So, but it, it all just came together in, in this novel. And and um, that's that day, that evening, that's even in June 2018, I could just see how I could uh, like, interconnect all these elements, aspects of things, many things about my life, my passion, my interests in Mars, uh, science fiction, Afrofuturism, and all, and all that. I could just mix them all together and, and form this this uh, this story. And because of Andy's voice and his personality, his unique point of view, his, his eclectic interest in things and all that. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, a lot of what I talk about is like the business side of publishing so you write this powerful yeah. piece this you know there's some humor in it it's very powerful and then once you get an agent and sell like what what is the feedback you got from like those readers agents editors like how did they help shape the book yeah yeah um like in terms of agents i was actually privileged actually right to get an agent before 
I had a full manuscript. So I, mm. I, yeah, so uh, my, I think this was uh, 2019, right? September 2019. At, at the time, I mean, that was when I had begun a new edition of the novel because I wrote the very first draft of the novel before anyway, before I came into the UK. Mm. And so and I just read um, this new version, read the, few, the first few chapters and uh, my agent and she, and she loved it and she offered to represent me. And so, and, and since then she read like other sections too and gave me some notes and uh, uh, and then until when, I mean, I mean, she, we had a complete manuscript and then she, and she, and she sent out and then she got offers and all that. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, the feedback, of course, from my agents and the, and the, my editors, I mean, were very, very helpful, very, very helpful. Um, I mean, that, that's some aspect of the novel, of course, some strands of the novel that, I mean, I, I think I did well and, and they were happy with it and all. But there's some other aspects too that they felt I needed to, I mean, to do much more work on and to, like, for example, to draw out some of the themes or the complications and all that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I am always interested in like place. So like once you are in the UK, was it still easy for you to write about Africa and write about the setting or like, was it harder now that you had like, you know, moved thousands of miles away? Yeah. I mean, surprisingly, surprisingly, right. It, it actually became easier to write about Nigeria, write about my community uh, and the way I grew up and all that. Because, um, I mean, it made me to understand, I mean, what some writers, the experiences of some writers, like, for example, like James Joyce, I mean, I mean, he had to write it, like in exile, in quotes, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in France then, writing about Ireland. Um, so, I mean, it became easier for me to see, to smell, to taste. I mean, many things about about uh, my community, about Nigeria, uh, about Kotongura and all that. Um, and because that sense of distance, like, made, I don't know, my whole experience growing up, and the emotions, the feelings, the the complications, the struggles, and all it, it just made it much more acute and much more palpable for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't like to talk too much about future, but um yeah. will you do you think you'll continue to write about Nigeria? Will you shift focus to the UK or you'll write about whatever and wherever? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but of course, I I mean, Nigeria is, uh, I mean, Nigeria is going through a very, very difficult time now. I mean, it's been going through difficult times. I mean, since even before I was born, even before my parents were born, but I mean, I think things that I haven't gotten was getting, I mean, getting so bad anyway, at another level of like, mm -hmm. of, of like, I mean, difficulty now anyway. um, So, um, but for a writer, that presents a writer like, very, very wonderful, like material, very, very wonderful material. I mean, yes, just... I mean, you become so picky. Like, there's just so many things to write about, and he, sometimes it becomes overwhelming, right? Oh, like you have all these things that you could write about. Like, where would you even start from? I know, and uh, yeah, so yeah, so so I think I'm, I'm writing more, like hugely, hugely about Nigeria. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, of course Nigeria in, uh, um, in relation to the other part of the world or whatever we see, we see uh, anyway. Yeah, like for example, I didn't know I would write a book like this yeah. at the time and before. <laughs> Like around 28 or something, right? But yeah. Um, so, I mean, you never know. You just go to your desk and then see what comes to you. Thank you so much, Stephen Burrow, for joining the Day Beautiful podcast to discuss his debut novel, The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Andy Africa. 
If you like what you heard here, please follow us on DayBeautiful.net for more author interviews. You can find us on social media at DayBeautiful across the board. And as always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful, and you're all beautiful. Beautiful.